Sports Talk New York with your hosts, Mark Rosenman and A.J. Carter. Sports Talk New York is sponsored in part by Prince Associates for all your insurance needs, the Phoenix Tube Company, the law firm of Declator Cohen and DePrisco, Solomon Jewelers, and General Needs Charity, serving our homeless veterans with dignity. And now, here are your hosts, Mark and A.J. Joining us now is a man who has more than 25 years' experience in the sports industry. He was the general manager of the New England Black Wolves in the NLL. During his tenure, the team went to the playoffs four consecutive seasons, and Inside Lacrosse recognized him as its 2016 General Manager of the Year for his work. In addition to his time in the NLL, he was a general manager of the Philadelphia Soul in the AFL, and president and general manager of East Coast Hockey League's Trenton Titans, an affiliate of the Flyers. He is currently the executive vice president of GA Sports, which is a live events and sports media entertainment company which owns two of the ATP World Tour's longest-running American tournaments, the New York Open and the BB&T Atlanta Open, as well as the New York National Lacrosse League's expansion team, Right here, the Riptide. In addition, GF Sports is partnered with the American Kennel Club, and it is a pleasure to welcome Rich Lisk to Sports Talk New York. Welcome, Rich. Well, that was the greatest intro I've ever had, and I like my walk-up music to be Badlands by Bruce, too. Uh, the, um, uh, I appreciate you having me. <laughs> you're, ready, you're already a hit on this, you know, on this show. <laughs> you know, we've got two Bruce references uh, in three minutes after the break, so got to love that. Uh, first off, let, let's, you know, the question we ask everyone that we speak to these days, how are you holding up, and what have you been doing to occupy your time in you know, these really tough times? Well, you know, I, I started, it's actually a funny story, I started with GF Sports in January, and I, I, I got an apartment in Garden City, and I came home on the weekend of March the 17th, I, I live in New Jersey, born and bred in New Jersey, and um, we're selling our house to move to Long Island, so I come home on the weekends, my wife and I get the house fixed up and stuff, and I have three children, two in college, one out of college, and that weekend everyone came home, and uh, we never went back, so I've been home here in New Jersey for the last nine weeks. Um, but the good thing is, is that, uh, you know, I, we've been working, working really, really hard. The Riptide, the GF Sports, um, we uh, just had the Atlanta Open canceled right. through the ATP, but we were um, diligently working on that marketing plan and the sales plan. So now we'll shift our focus in tennis over to um, the New York Open in February. And with the Riptide, <clears throat> they canceled our season, but they kept a, a playoff hope possibly alive. Um, they have not officially canceled any playoffs, but um, we were one in twelve, right. so we won't be uh, we won't be making the playoffs. So it gave us an opportunity to, re- to hit the reset button and uh, really come up with a marketing plan for next year. Um, start selling our season tickets for next year. Um, working on a broadcast deal. We launched a podcast. We launched our Spotify list. We've been very active in the social media realm and uh, and, and active with our our players, uh, reaching out to the fans and and talking to them and doing a bunch of stuff. So we've been, we've been real, real busy, actually. Um, and I look at it as, as like an opportunity for us to kind of accentuate the things we did really well and fix the things I don't think we did pretty – we didn't do well at all and, and, start, and start a new fresh season. Well, it's interesting you said that. Let's start with the Riptides. And sure. with respects to canceling the remainder of the season, maybe not the worst thing for a 1-12 team. Um, but in all seriousness – how does something like this impact a team that's just starting out in this market? You know, one in twelve. Obviously, you know, you're not 
generating a lot of buzz other than the fact it's a new team it's a new it's a sport that's come back to the area that hadn't been in a long time you know you you're garnering some interest and then boom the you know the rugs pulled out from under you no season how do you maintain whatever momentum you were getting and you know when you sit down and you look at that business model which might include next season you know, selling tickets, you know, one third of the arena because of social distancing still might be in place. What are the talks that go on now to try and maintain or pick up momentum again? Could not. Uh, that's a great question. I couldn't agree with some of those statements, statements more. Part of you is, and I, I mean this in the utmost respectful way, um, we were 1-12, right? right? So part of you is like, okay, it's over. It, it's done. <laughs> Even if we won our last couple of games, you'd still end up with a losing record, and, and, uh, and, and we would have ended on a, a, note, a high note of winning, but it, it's over, it's done with, let, let's go. And With that being said, that sets us up pretty well for a really high draft pick next year in, in the draft, but it also gave us the opportunity, again, like I said, was to reset, hit the reset button, and look at some things. And, you, and you're correct, like we had momentum. We had our biggest game of the year, um, attendance-wise, right before we left, and the next three games were trending in that direction also. So I look at that as a huge positive. So this thing hits, and we're all sitting there saying, okay, what, what do we do now? So let's regroup. Let's get our bearings. The league, I give the league a lot of credit. Nick Sakevich, Jessica Berman, our, our commissioner and, and deputy commissioner, swift action, canceled it right away. So there was no hanging over our heads, what's going to happen, what's not going to happen. Let's, let's get this going, and, and let's do that. Um, some of the things we did, like I had all the players call our season ticket holders and talk to them. And it wasn't like, hey, um, what are you going to do for next year? Are you going to buy season tickets? It was more like, hey, you're part of our Riptide family. How are you doing? How's your family? How's your kids? What are you guys doing? And, and a lot of those people were great. It was awesome. And some of them we didn't get on the phone or we wanted to talk to their children. We couldn't. So my players sent um, video messages to all mm-hmm. the kids too to really do that and then we started doing training tips then we did we uh one of the games that got canceled was a fan appreciation game so we did a virtual fan appreciation week where we gave out uh prizes to the fans and they could call up and colin was one of our hosts and colin uh, was giving out you know gifts that you couldn't get before so next year fans are going to go to dinner with the coaches and sit in on the pregame meal and sit in on the pregame speeches and things like that so it got us a chance to be a little more creative and then when we figured out, okay, we gotta, what are we going to do for next year, we put into place our marketing plan for next year, which we're going to launch here in the next couple of weeks. Um, but it's going to be, you know, it's a play on some words that we're playing with. Um, but we also then started um, trying to get our season ticket holders that we had some of their money. And people are wanting to know what's going on with the rest of the season. So we came up with a plan to renew them. And I'm, I'm proud to say 60% of them have renewed with us. And they didn't have any bad thing to say about the team. They understood that, you know, we're an expansion team, and we were starting off. So that was great. And uh, so we're, moving, we're trending in a very good direction, and I think that momentum from the end of the season has really translated into it. Now it's our job to stay relevant. So we went to our partners. Um, I like to say partnerships instead of sponsorships because they're truly our partners. And we started doing things in the community with them. Mass Pest Federal. They did every time our goalie made a save, they donated $5. We took those $5 this uh, last couple of weeks 
equaled $5,000, and we went to Catholic Charities, and we gave that money to them to buy PPE equipment for local hospitals. We're working with uh, Jersey Mike's. Jersey Mike's and ourselves were going on our third week where we're delivering box lunches and dinners to um, senior care living facilities. And we're going to hit about 1,600 people with that. Orlin and Cohen, our big partner that does all of our medical training, we're baking masks with Orlin and Cohen. Um, these are some of the things that we did, we did at the end of the season um, with our partners to really keep it out there and keep it fresh with us. And it's really worked really, really well. And I'm happy to say that our partners really took to it and wanted to be there with us. So that's been exciting. So, you know, those are things that, you know, because of what's going on in the news, those things go somewhat uncut, you know, they're not really brought out in the media, and, and people don't know that other than, you know, the season ticket holders that you reached out to, they know that. But here's the interesting thing for me, okay? So a sports fan, if you're a fan of baseball, hockey, basketball, or football, you can get your fix from any of those because they all have their own networks that replay vintage or classic games. Just over here, if you pop on uh, one of the local sports radio, they're playing a, an old basketball game on the sure. radio. Um, sure. and, and if you're not into that, you can pick up uh, any video game and play baseball, football, basketball, or hockey. Um, right now, you know, the NLL doesn't have that luxury yet. There, there's not a, a EA Sports NLL, you know, lacrosse, indoor lacrosse game where people can relate to the players and, and such. You've done a lot of stuff to, to, to try and get the brand out. Through this, you know, all those initiatives that you talked about, whether it be the, the virtual training or reaching out to, the, to season ticket holders and calling them, what department is responsible for that, and what are some of the innovative things that are on the horizon to really try and grow this sport? Because it's tough in a marketplace that, that has the four majors, and then you add in golf, and then you add in soccer, and you add in all these other things. What is the, the plan, especially now with this, to try and grow the sport? Oh, that's a great question. We talk about this all the time, a lot at the league level, too. And again, I'll go back to um, Nick Sakevich and Jessica Berman, the leaders of our, uh, of our league. You know, a couple of years ago, they struck a deal with Turner Broadcasting. So a, a couple of years ago, before that, they, we were kind of on YouTube TV, local TV here there. There really wasn't a network, per se, kind of carrying us. And uh, we think, you know, we're not one of the major big sports yet we're not in that you know you could say the top four top five major league soccer so where do, where do we go how do we do that how do we build our database how do we build our brand so they found a great partner in bleacher report and bleacher report is owned by turner broadcasting and they took a chance on us in the last couple of years we've been there and it's been an awesome relationship for us they've uh, and when i was in new england and i was in philadelphia before that I saw both sides of it. When I was in Philly, we didn't have this deal yet. And then when in New England, we had the deal. So I've seen it work from both sides. And Bleacher Report has put a lot of time, effort, marketing dollars behind us. And it's helped us grow also with partnerships that aren't your typical lacrosse partnerships. During our playoffs last year, Michelob Ultra was the presenting sponsor of the playoffs, which is probably something if we're you know, just doing it on our own, it's harder to get than when now you're with Bleacher Report. Now we're with Geico. Those are some of the people that are starting to get exposed to our sport. And the best thing about that is, is yes, Bleacher Report gets us out there to more people. It's been a great relationship. But now these partners 
are really invested in our sport, and now they're starting to promote us too. So I call it the like it's like the retweet effect. You hopefully you get a partner that uh, works well with you. They retweet it. They retweet it. They retweet. Now you're growing a bigger business. For us, being a new team here, and this was done before I got here, and I I take my hat off to the owners, um, Gary Furman and Eric Baker, for coming up with this. They purchased the local rights back from Bleacher Report, so we're getting national exposure. We're getting one free game also um, in front of the paywall on Bleacher Report. We have a relationship with Twitter and Facebook and things like that. We buy back our rights for local, and we go to MSG, and now we put them on MSG. Now our logo is showing up next to the Knicks and the Rangers, and we're on the MSG network platform, and they put together a Riptide and 30 after our first win and replayed that. We have advertising on the MSG network. Those are the things that I think are going to expose us. I mean, this marketplace is rich in lacrosse. How do I expose us to the other sports entities and not the lacrosse people? I think we do a pretty good job getting to lacrosse people. Now it's getting to the families, 25 to 54, with kids 8 to 18, that are entertainment people and other sports entities. So those are some of the things that we're really looking at. And then at a league level, that Bleacher Report Live, again, owned by Turner, is a is a next step for us to take this sport to the next level. So it's also interesting, you know, you have MSG, you have you know the Bleacher Report, but obviously those aren't the big television contracts that a lot of the major sports have, and even those major sports are really suffering without live attendance and, and ticket type, you know, tickets being bought at, at the the stadiums. Going forward, uh, we don't know what it's going to look like, but I, I have to imagine even next season there's going to be a reduction in the amount of tickets that can be sold to, to maintain sure. some sort of social distancing. Can the NLL survive with, let's say, they go to a third of the seats being able to be sold? Can the NLL survive with that few seats being able to be sold? You know, I think we can. I, I definitely think we can. And, and to give you some scenarios, that's one of the things I've been working on very diligent because we don't know what it's going to be like. But the thing with the National Lacrosse League and we just said this the other day, is we have the luxury, our season doesn't begin until December. So we kind of have this seven, eight months leading up to that to see what other sports are doing, to see what works, what doesn't work, and what that, what I say, the in-arena capacity would look like. I've already started doing scenarios at 75%, at 50%, at 25%. So when we're ready to move forward, we'll have that scenario done. Now, if it's at 75%, your marketing looks different. At 50%, marketing looks different. 25%, well, now your marketing looks really, really different, and we have to get outside the box. So when I tell you no ideas off the table, we've been throwing everything out there. I also think it's good to keep our team exposed. We, so we are entering into an agreement with Madison Square Garden Networks again, so we will have our games on 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 broadcast TV through MSG, which would help our partners also. But when I tell you no ideas off the table, we've thrown around ideas to say, okay, if we can put 2,000 fans in the building, then let's put 2,000 fans in the parking lot and do a drive-in movie theater where they're watching the game, but we have people out there shooting T-shirts to cars, and the cheerleaders are dancing, and players are walking around and knocking on the car saying hi to everybody. Those are some of the ideas that we're looking at to keep that fan engagement I'm talking about putting players in, you know, you see the happy birthdays where people are driving past people's houses for parades. We're talking about doing that with players to get people going, almost like a 
virtual uh, traveling uh, pep rally in a way to keep people going. So those are the things we're going to have to get creative with. The good thing is, is that I have seven to eight months to look and see what works in front of us, and then gives us a better direction to see how creative we get. And that's the interesting thing. Listen, no one ever wanted something like this to make people think outside the box, but, you know, sports seem to be the same. You know, you would go to the arena, things very rarely were there major changes. Now, obviously, there have to be major changes. And, and for things like that, that's pretty cool because, you know what, maybe you're going to get fans that probably, listen, I, I know your tickets were very reasonably priced, but, sure. but let, let's sure. take your scenario with baseball. You know, where right. they can't sell those tickets, but maybe they'll have areas where you can go and watch it on the big screen and be part of still the community. And that's what you want. That That's what sports are. They're, they're the communities for all of us to go and, you know, fandom doesn't know politics. So, you know, you're there exactly. just, you know, cheering on your team and you have that sense of community. So maybe this will, will inspire people that weren't able to go to the games to be able to go to parking lots and, and see things like that on a big screen. I'm sure it, it's a very interesting as well as trying time for you. Um, we look forward to the um, chance for us, AJ, when he gets back here as well, to go out to a Riptides game. We weren't able to get out there this year, but um, we're hoping that we definitely can this coming year because uh, we definitely want to go someplace to watch sports. So I really appreciate your time, and we're looking forward to some of the innovations that you guys are going to bring to Long Island with the Riptide. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. You know, I look at this, and it, listen, it's a devastating thing, right? It's a pandemic. Yeah. It's devastating for everybody. Um, I'm a father. I'm a family. I have three kids. I get it. It's devastating. My oldest son played three years of junior hockey, um, finished up his hockey career, didn't get a chance to finish it, and then he has no graduation. So I get all of that stuff that goes around. In, in my business, I'm in the live event slash sports business, it's going to be a new norm. And I, I'm looking at it as a challenge, and I'm looking at it as, as an opportunity for people in my business to create the new norm. We're going to be people in the front now creating that new norm, whatever that looks like. We're going to be involved in it and help create that because there's going to be a generation of kids that come up that wouldn't even know if we did something before right. now what we do. So it, 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 I'm trying to look at the silver lining on that. But I know it's hard when we're in this whole thing, but I'm actually looking forward to the challenge and, and things. So I appreciate it. And I'd love to have you guys come out and see some of the things we're doing. And sure. you know, if we, we do the drive-in, We'll throw T-shirts into your car while you're watching the game. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Rich. Thanks so much. We really appreciate your time tonight. Thank you. I appreciate it. Good luck and stay safe. You got it. You too. Uh, GF Sports Executive Vice President Rich Lisk.